Our text for today comes from the second chapter of the book of Isaiah, verses 1 through 5. You can follow along on page 7 in your bulletin. This is what Isaiah, Amos's son, saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. In the days to come, the mountain of the Lord's house will be the highest of the mountains. It will be lifted above the hills. People will stream to it. Many nations will go and say, come, let us go up to the Lord's mountain, to the house of Jacob's God, so that he may teach us his ways and we may walk in God's paths. Instruction will come from Zion, the Lord's word from Jerusalem. God will judge between the nations and settle disputes of mighty nations. They will beat their swords into iron plows and their spheres, spheres into pruning tools. Nation will not take sword against nation. They will no longer learn how to make war. Come, house of Jacob, let's walk by the Lord's light. It's the word of God for all the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Uh, during my junior and senior years in high school, I participated in something called the Model United Nations. And maybe any of you here have been, have participated in something like that. Um, if you don't know, Model UN is basically what I would consider a giant role-playing game. Kind of like Dungeons and Dragons, except instead of, you know, having elves and wizards, you represent the different nations that make up the UN. I ended up, for example, on my senior year, the second year I was there, to be the head delegate to Finland. Um, and that was always kind of interesting to learn about the politics and policies of these nations. We would go to the state event, and the state event was usually in Michigan. It was always held on the western part of the state in Kalamazoo or Grand Rapids. And there were hundreds of teens throughout Michigan that would come to take part in this event. And just like the UN, there is a General Assembly, a Security Council, and all the various committees that make up the UN. And we would take on issues of the day. Um, and of course, being back in the 80s, it was things like the Israeli-Palestine issue, South Africa, a lot of all these issues we would do just as if we were the United Nations. What I learned from that experience is that you end up appreciating the actual UN, which, of course, we know was created in the aftermath of World War II to try to find a way of solving the world's problems without going to war. At least that was the hope. As we know, the United Nations is not perfect. The UN, at its best, tries ways to deal with problems, tries to solve issues. At its worst, being that it is a human institution, it can at sometimes be used by nations to excuse injustice or ignore it or is unable to stop it. In the world that we live in, there are always those who are wanting to find a way to bring peace. But the peace that we bring as humans is never perfect. Nothing that says that the UN, for example, is worthless, but it is made up of humans. And any peace that we try is never going to be perfect. 
We are now in the season of Advent, and it's the four weeks before Christmas as we prepare for the coming of Jesus. Advent is a time of waiting, but it is also a time of hope. We wait for Christ to come into our world, and we hope and long for this arrival to make a change for the better. Our theme for this Advent is on the verge of a miracle. The theme is the belief that you and I, we all sit at this threshold of promised hope. We think that hope is lost, but it is closer than we think. In putting this whole series together, and the title actually comes from um, a, a, the a contemporary Christian artist, a late um, contemporary Christian artist, Rich Mullins. I also came up upon this quote, and it is by the Rabbi Jonathan Sachs. And he was the past head, I believe, of Orthodox Judaism in the UK. And he has this quote about hope and what is the difference between hope and optimism. And I wanted to share that for a moment here. Optimism and hope are not the same. Optimism is the belief that the world is changing for the better. Hope is the belief that together we can make the world better. Optimism is a passive virtue. Hope is an active one. It needs no courage to be an optimist, but it takes a great deal of courage to hope. The Hebrew Bible is not an optimistic book. However, it is one of the great literatures of hope. As I said before, and I will say again, Advent is about hope. But it is not a hope where we just sit on our hands expecting that God will do something. We know that God does do things, but we also know that we get to join with God in showing that this hope is coming and it is not too far off. In the passage today, the prophet Isaiah is speaking about seeing the words of God. And that is an interesting thing. It didn't say that he heard the word of God. He saw the word of God. What does that mean? It's not really clear. It could mean a vision, but it could also mean something very different. But what we do know is that Isaiah sees God's word create a mighty mountain, the tallest in the world, where people from every corner of our world come to study the ways of peace. As I said, the peace that the world gives is always going to be incomplete. But Isaiah, in God's peace, is one where people come simply to learn the ways of God. There are no winners or losers. There are no victorious or defeated. There are simply people coming to learn the ways of peace from God. Isaiah can see God's words settle disputes between nations, and he sees the words change people from wanting and preparing for war that is all given up. 
Then Isaiah sees God's word do something that is amazing. The words beat swords and guns and other weapons into tools of peace. God will reside on the highest of all mountains and people will stream to learn the ways of God. This is a hopeful text. It is not, though, an optimistic text. The prophet in God knew there will still be violence. Wars will still happen. That is the world that we live in. What God, the prophet and God are talking here is about a future hope. And it is having hope that we can find ways to join in God's work, which isn't totally here yet, but we do see parts of it, little lights here and there. We must pray that God gives us the gift to actually see God's words and see what God's words do in our world. Wars will still happen. But can we find ways to work for a just peace? Not simply a cessation of hostilities, but a true just peace. Regardless of where we are standing on, on, the, gun, on the issue of guns, how do we find ways of increasing peace? How do we find ways of bridging, of creating bridges where people are divided by race or ethnicity to have people that are reconciled to one another? We cannot bring this type of peace by ourselves. It is only God that can do that. But God doesn't also have us sit on the sidelines. We are there to join in God's work, to point to where God's peace is showing. We wait for Jesus to be born again in our hearts and in our minds. But Advent is not simply just waiting for Jesus. It's also waiting for the future, the promised hope that God talks about. It is that time when God's kingdom will be in full bloom. It most likely won't happen in, in our lifetimes. But pieces of that hope show up here and there. God will come to bring a full and wholesome peace somewhere, sometime in the future. But in the meantime, we participate in that future hope. We live as if that future hope is here. And we do what we can to live lives that are peaceful and to live lives that are seeking to reconcile. We live trusting in God, the ones whose words bring about a flowering of hope to a world that really needs it. I think that recently we did see God's words in action, creating a sense of peace. In a story that we hear far too often, 
There was, in Portland, Oregon, a man, a young man, that had brought a gun to school. And it looked like, again, this was going to be like so many things that we've heard before. We might think we know how this story was going to end, with a number of students and teachers dead. But that is not what happened. Last May, in Oregon, a high school football coach by the name of Keenan Lowe was making his way to a classroom when he spotted this young man and saw the rifle. He lunged to wrestle the gun away, handed the gun to another teacher, and then he did something amazing. He hugged the would-be assailant. Coach Lowe kept hugging the man, kept hugging the young man until the police were able to arrive. This was an event where the teacher used love instead of force to stop a mass shooting. It is a sign of the kingdom of God breaking through it is a sign of hope. Hope isn't lost. Peace, God's peace, is possible. So as we begin our Advent journey, as we continue in the book of Isaiah to read more about the, the coming, the inbreaking of God into our world, let us have eyes to see and ears to hear how God is breaking through. Thanks be to God. Amen. Amen.